When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Ring Out Ahoya podcast is your official home for the latest information on Marquette Athletics. Join us each week for exclusive conversations with administrators, coaches, student athletes, and many more. We are Marquette. I'm your host, Scott Kuykendall, and joining us this week are former men's basketball players and Golden Eagle alumni team architects, masterminds, if you will, Dan Fitzgerald and Joe Chapman. Guys, thanks for joining us and taking the time. Thanks for having us, Scott. Thanks for having us. Guys, this is uh, – I mean, we, we got a lot to talk about, obviously, with this year and the tournament and, and everything. But I, I, I first wanted to look back a little bit and, and Joe, start with you and just talk about last year and, and kind of the run and how close you came. And I know you've had a chance to think about what you wish would have happened differently. But just talk about last year and, and how close you guys came to winning it all. Yeah, I think it was an unbelievable run. Um, you know, we prepare the right way to get the guys, you know, in for a training camp. We get them believing in the system that we're trying to do. Um, and everyone, you know, we had our best foot forward and guys were really bought into um, our style. I think the year before we went to um, the semifinals um, and lost to overseas elite. So guys were motivated to come back and prove ourselves again. And then guys, you know, last year, they're more motivated to, you know, get it done. Came up a little short, but every game, you know, we treat as his own. You know, we, we prepare, we watch film, we go over scouting report. Um, we have hard walkthroughs, you know, so we prepare these guys the right way. Um, and we just lay it on the court. So if we lose or if we win, we can hang our head on it and, and say we did the best that we could. And we were fortunate to be joined by general manager of the year, uh, Dan Fitzgerald. Big, big honor, I know. I'm sure he's in his sitting room right now. You, you won't be able to see it, but I'm sure the trophy is above the fireplace uh, or whatever else, huge TV you probably have in there. But Yeah, they, they didn't really give me a trophy for that. I think, I think that they, tweeted, the first... they tweeted about it. <laughs> that was it. First GM all-tournament team award. Um, 
I'm honored. I think it was more about making sure that we would come back. <laughs> Joe, Joe didn't say how mad we were after we lost. So I think, I think the tournament was really concerned we wouldn't come back. So they were like, yeah, let's throw Dan a bone, give him an award. Um, well, that's a, that's a great transit. That's a great transition because I did want to talk to about, and, and Dan, you were in there, obviously, the emotion of coming that close and being in the locker room. I mean, it's not just something these guys are, they're doing it for money, obviously, but it, it meant a lot to them to get that far and be that close. And that, that hurt. Yeah, it was, it was a brutal finish to what, you know, what Joe said and a really great run. We've made it farther every year. I think we went up two points at the end there. We needed four points to 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 seal the deal, and it just didn't happen. So that was a bummer the way it ended. Um, with $2 million on the line, um, there's a lot of emotion, obviously. Um, I will say with competitive guys, even remembering back from Marquette college days, even a pickup game that doesn't mean anything, it would get heated. So um, I wasn't totally surprised. Um, but I think the TBT people were a little shocked at how how intense it was and how obviously we were bummed. But um, it's an intense tournament overall. It's I mean everyone who plays in it thinks they're going to win, um, so it obviously makes for great games, great TV for the fans. Um, it's just a ton of fun for Joe and I. Well, and people, it's literally winner take all. Like. You don't get a T-shirt. There's, you know, I don't even know. They have Gatorades in that locker room. I mean, that was well. Thanks for thanks for everything. There's no runner. There was a there was a Gatorade, um, a giant Gatorade jug that was chucked. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ceremoniously, <laughs> <laughs> everywhere around there. Yeah, we got we got some TBT gear. Um, the rules do change each year. Obviously, it changed significantly with this year with COVID, but. Um, Last year, we did come away with some money. We won 100 grand as a team uh, for winning the regional, which was kind of cool. It's, that last year was based off ticket sales at that event. We were in Wichita State, um, and there were tons of fans. There were maybe 9,000 fans per game. So that was nice. We actually won a little money this, that time yeah. around. But, um, yeah, basically, winner take all, that, that championship game, we went home with – a couple of TBT t-shirts that's about it <laughs> and some auction items I I think it is important though the team's success Dan uh starting with you I mean you're getting more and more interest right I know everybody has roster ideas myself included and you know we'll discuss those in a little bit but that has been the, the nice part is that success has, has brought some interest yeah um when we started this and Joe was playing in it um we weren't even sure, Scott, when you reached out or TBT reached out to you and then you reached out to me seeing if we'd be interested. And I wasn't sure. So I just kind of asked a bunch of guys um, if they were interested. The first guy I asked was Jarrell McNeil. Um, and I knew if I got a couple key players that um, that more guys would say, okay, let's do it. So it kind of started out of nothing. But now, is this our fifth year doing it? Um, there's more and more guys that want to play even more outside of Marquette guys that are hitting Joe up and hitting me up about playing. So 
Um, we definitely have a lot more options of players to add, but it definitely makes it more difficult when we're trying to put together a roster that works. And Joe, talking about putting together a roster, I think Marquette fans and fans of all these teams think of, oh, we could just make like an all-star team of former players. But there is, is some science to it, right? Some things you're looking yeah. for, guys can do or won't won't do or do better and there right. is a little bit of construction to putting that roster together yeah I mean you got to have guys that complement each other I think that's the key you know it's a shorter game it's more like a high school game so it's 34 to 36 minutes the game so you got to have your bench players um, especially to buy into their roles whatever it might be um, because I think that's important to have if you have an all-star game you know we can pick the best 10 players to ever play in Marquette, but I guarantee we won't um, get past the second round because uh, guys are going to want the ball. They're not going to be happy. They got parents in the crowd or people they're trying to please. So you got to try to make a roster that complement each other. So I think every year we're trying to, you know, have pieces that um, complement each other and be good guys on the court, but off the court, um, we can all hang out. I think that's important too is, you know, every team has clicks. Um, but it's important that, you know, the click is one big unit. Um, and that's been our, our goal each year is to keep in the camaraderie the way we want it, win, lose, or draw. The guys are coming out of that, um, having a better experience about each other. And, you know, you guys have both played overseas. And, Joel, I'll start with you. I mean, how would you evaluate the talent level? I think everybody, and Dan and I have talked about this through our numerous roster discussions, you know, we need to get younger, right? But mm -hmm. it seems that the teams that are having the more success, the overseas elite, are these older guys that have been playing for a while. And I guess the best case for you, right, would be a balance of some sort. Right, right. Yeah, you got to have a balance. I, I think you need veterans, um, especially towards that Elam ending. You need more veteran guys, poised guys that's not going to, you know, uh, make no crucial mistakes um, and can guard multiple positions. You need those type of guys at the end. But you do need young guys to fill out the roster as well. Um, because if we want to do this every year, um, you got to have your core get a little bit younger and younger every year to dive in. And we did that with Rousey and Luke Fisher um, is getting younger with those guys. So, um, yeah, you got to have a good balance and plan. You know, I played 11 years professionally and every year that you play, the more poise you get. So our roster is full of guys that's played at the highest level with the NBA and also the highest levels of European basketball. So we got a mix of veterans, but we also got a mix of closers, a mix of scores, and we got some young guys to complement those. And talk a little bit about just the organization this year. Obviously, uh, finding guys hasn't been necessarily a, a huge issue, but just the format and the testing and COVID and and the challenges that that is, is kind of put in place for you? Um, yeah, this year has been a whole new animal with dealing with coronavirus. Um, the field is only 24 teams and it's only a single location now in Columbus. So they are, um, well, I should also say from right now to you know, a month ago to two months ago, I've heard of about nine different versions of what this tournament is going to look like. And that's coming from TBT. So I will give them a ton of credit for adjusting to have this tournament happen. Um, however, it's changed. Sometimes I felt like daily or certainly weekly on what it's going to look like. Um, so, so 
all of that has really made it a little more difficult um, to plan. So basically the, the biggest change has been, other than what I've just mentioned, was uh, the testing. So there's going to be a rigorous testing scenario that's already started. Basically they're working with a third party company that sends tests to each player. Um, you get on a Zoom call and it's like going to the doctor's office. They walk you through how to take the test. You, you have to show them your ID, I think. And um, I think these you spit in a cup, but basically they walk you through. They make sure you are who you say you are. And then you mail it in, you get your results soon. And there's, there's like five levels of it. So we get one test sent to us now, which we're going through. Um, we get a second test, I think, right before we leave Columbus. And then when you get to Columbus to check in, you take another test. Um, and then once you're in what they call this bubble, basically it's the arena, a convention center, and a hotel that's all connected. Basically, you're quarantined for the duration um, with a number of other tests um, as you move on. So um, they've, they've talked about having practice courts in a ballroom for teams. Um, each player has their own hotel room in different wing teams are in different wings of the hotel food is being brought in no one can get can walk to the grocery store to get food um, it's going to be pretty bizarre they they equated it to an episode of big brother um, I don't know how the security is going to be um, <laughs> with trying to keep 24 you know yeah good luck with that players. yeah <laughs> Uh, contained in this hotel if you go all the way it's 14 days I think so uh, it'll be interesting to say the least I mean Joe what have you thought about what that's going to be like at all I mean hopefully you're playing the duration and I know for some of these guys that have kids and everything this might be they might be looking forward to this uh getting out of the house right <laughs> yeah I, mean, I yeah. want to put I don't want to put words in your mouth on that one yeah the wives are definitely not I'm, I'm trying to set up babysitters right now uh, we're, we're, I, I talked to the guys today. We're not going to be in a good spot with our wives on the way back from here. <laughs> if you win, if you win, you might be all right. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Only if we win, then we'll be fine because there's a lot of married guys on this. Like, we got a veteran team, so it's a lot of guys that got kids. And, you know, the first couple of days will be great, but after that, you're going to be like, wow, what, you know, I need to get home or what's the kids doing? Uh, you know, so it's going to be a, a tough challenge just to keep everyone in a hotel. I mean, I mean, everyone watched the documentary with Jordan. He, you know, he walked in the wrong room one time. You, you heard what he was going through. Uh, so <laughs> you never know what's going to go in these hotels rooms. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, not be a part of that. So hopefully they have security and, you know, they can keep guys maintained because that's going to be the hardest part for all of us is um, keeping guys inside of that bubble. Yeah, it's one thing to get there. It's another thing, you know, for the duration. Now, obviously, teams will be, be leaving, but you guys have a – a bit of a, or is it a later report date, Dan, than everybody else because of the buy or everybody at the same time? Yeah, so the top eight teams, which were one of them, we get a first-round buy. Um, so we're basically uh, – we will report maybe two days after the first 16 teams, um, and then we have four or five days until we play. Basically, we have a quarantine where we take a test. They make sure everyone's okay. We'll be pra have practice time there during that time, but we don't play until the second round. Um, I think that's on the sixth. So I think we report on the first, um, play on the sixth, and then the second round or our second round is until the tenth. 
Joel, I know we talked about it earlier and, you know, I, I think you've probably been given a hard time for, I know you have actually, you know, the prep and the work you're putting in, but it's paying off. But you're a guy that knows a lot of these teams and we've got some new ones, but a lot of familiar names. How do you feel with the draw and, and the way it's set up for you guys to hopefully make another title run? Yeah, I mean, either either way, your draw is not going to be the easiest with 24 teams. Um, but we can, you know, I think I like our first couple rounds as far as um, as teams that we haven't played before. Um, so that gives us a chance to scout them, gives us a chance to watch them play um, Team CP3 and uh, Mid-America or something like that. Um, we get a chance to watch them. So it's all about preps for, for us. If we can watch the teams and the games beforehand, it gives us a chance to kind of figure out what they're doing and how to prep. Um, for it, but as far as our draw, I think we got the you know a good side where it's going to be hard either way. Um, so we got Ohio State probably in that semifinal, um, and that's a game that you know we're all looking forward to if we get there. Um, and the other side is overseas elite team Hines, um, uh, Syracuse. So they're going to have to battle each other to get to that point. Um, so we just we we pretty much got on the side that we wanted to be on. Talk about kind of learning, you know, first as a player and, and tweaking the roster and what the team you feel needs to get better. Do you feel that this is the best roster you've had? And, and if so, what do you like about it? Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, we needed was another score. Um, someone can get their own basket without, you know, running a play because sometimes the plays don't work. It's going to be situations that you don't have time out. So, you needed, you needed someone who can get their own basket besides bikes. Um, so that was something that, you know, DJO can score from anywhere. Um, and we needed um, an inside presence. We haven't had one um, in the last few years with, you know, Devontae was the last true big that we had. Um, so with Luke Fisher, you know, he's going to be a guy who's got a high motor, high energy, a lot of pick and rolls, ran with him. He great offensive rebounder. He can run the floor. So it gives us a chance to go big at times, something that we couldn't do last year in that title game is, you know, some of our guards were small, so they just posted us up, um, you know, the two wings. So now, you know, with Luke Fisher, we can go bigger in the clutch time and try to sprinkle in some of our guards um, close to close the game. But um, we need a more size and more athleticism from the three, four spot with guys who can guard multiple positions. And we thought that was important to have. And Dan, as, as we've learned with anything with the TBT, the roster is always fluid uh, with comings <laughs> and goings. And I'm sure everybody wants to know the possibility of uh, any additional players. Is that out there right now or are we, we going with what we have as of today? Fluid is a good word, Scott. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I wrote it down. My my main role, Joe is the – I like how you called me the mastermind, but I would give that to Joe. He's I said both of you were you – Both of us. Part of it. I, just, I just heard myself as a mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, Joe is the one – I think a big reason why we do so well, have done so well, is because of Joe's preparation. And, and there's been teams that have been better than we are. Um, but I think we've been really well prepared to be able to continue to move on. So I'll give Joe a nod to that. Mine, my responsibility is usually, is more on the front end um, and sometimes feeling more like a glorified babysitter. I'm just trying to make sure everyone gets to where they need to go. That's you my know, job, basically. That's, that's your that's job. I like Scott a lot. Yeah. That's <laughs> the story of your life, actually. Keeping yeah. you guys uh, getting going where you're supposed to go. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so for me, it's more, yeah, helping trying to create a roster, but also make sure we get guys into town to Milwaukee for training camp and um, with these tests, just making sure everyone's that's taken care of. Um, so it, it certainly is heightened this year, but every year the roster is pretty fluid. We're just trying to make sure we get everyone to the same spot. Um, everyone arrives on time, all that good stuff. Um, so you're going to answer my question about a adding someone or are you just going to talk around it? The whole time? I, I'm getting to it. Scott. I'm getting to it. I've got a lot to say. <laughs> um, the answer is we, we have a possibility to add another player. Um, we've thought of Joe and I are thinking about it, but we're not ready to divulge any of that yet. We might, but we might not. We definitely have 11, 11 players now. And if everyone shows up, um, I think that is more than enough. Um, but that's always a balancing act, making sure everyone can get there on time, can get there. Nothing, you know, no, if we have a no show or in this year, year's instance, if somebody tests positive and can't go, um, TBT is giving us the option to add another player. So we're kind of keeping that in our back pocket um, if we have kind of a, a crisis, I guess, with somebody yeah. who can't. Well, and realistically, that's another cut in the money. You don't want to just have a dead roster spot, right? I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah. We'll give, if we add another player, we'll give them a ham sandwich or, you know, it's a Chapman, <laughs> wanna... maybe another Chapman Basketball Academy t shirt. Joe, oh, yeah. last year's TVT. Uh, I, I thought he would have been the first one to work in uh, a mention, a sponsor mention, not you, Dan, but that was nicely done. <laughs> yeah, he, he's being humble, but CBA is all over the TVT <laughs> and again this year. We were we were going to get to that as well. Um, well, I, I think obviously I know Travis Diener has been doing his usual TBT media tour because he uh, talks to everybody. It seems, uh, you know, the, the name that came up was Wade. Uh, I think everybody was hopeful, uh, but listening Oop. to him, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I think uh, with all that's going on, that makes that a lot more difficult for anybody. I'm guessing, especially the last second. But I, I know and I trust that you guys will make the right decision. Oh, we've been trying. I mean, I've been texting that guy like crazy, trying to get him to play. You know, I don't. It's not going to work. I mean, he's not going to be in a hotel for 14 days. He don't want to wear Puma. <laughs> he's like, can I fly in a day before and just practice and play and fly out? I'm like, dude, they're not going for that. <laughs> yeah, no not way. This year, at least. Not this um, year. Next year, maybe. Yeah, last in different years. Like there was a possibility last year that of let's say Dwayne Wade saying, "Yeah, I'm in." When we made the championship game, and mm -hmm. um, I could definitely see that happening um, in another year. But not he's not quarantining in a hotel in Columbus with us for 14 days. <laughs> no, no way. As much as he loves everybody, uh, right, program. Right. Joe, who has more plays, you or Coach Cream? Uh, definitely me now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through my sets now. I'm like, holy crap. Hopefully they just remember half of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I just love set plays, man. I love messing with the other coach. That's just the fun part of coaching with, for me is this, how can you just get inside of the other coach's head and mix up your defense and just have fun with it, you know? And I got to believe you're, you see probably guys that are as, as into it as you and other guys that you can tell just probably rolled in for the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We had guy. we had teams that team Hines, for instance, they didn't practice at all. They, 
hung out the night before. They didn't take their practice time. And, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, you're like, oh, we won because of that. But you don't know. I mean, Ohio State didn't do half of the stuff we did. And they came and, you know, won at the end of the game. So, you know, you don't know. But you want to have in the back of your mind that you did everything possible. You don't want to be like, ah, we lost because we went out or we hung out too much. So you want to, you know, even though the guys make fun of me about it, they call me like Pat Riley because I'm always like, here's the just what we got to do. <laughs> Travis always on me about that. Like, dang, Joe, what are you – this is a lot, dude. <laughs> but but – out ball screen, right? I mean, that's – Oh, uh, yeah. That's the go-to. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know, someone's going to get called up for the high ball screen. <laughs> this hopefully this year someone rolls to the basket. Everyone will pop. <laughs> That's how you make the big money. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, Dan, I, I know you're not going to go, right? I mean, there are some obvious concerns with with COVID and, and quarantining and, and all that. And you've got a family at home, and obviously you're working for Learfield and uh, keeping busy in other ways, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I won't be able to go mainly because of work. Um, I can't do a, a two-week quarantine at that time, especially when um, our business is hopefully picking right back up after all this. Um, we're getting and trying to prepare for um, next season. So um, it's a it's disappointing because I'm sure it'll be really memorable, but I'll do all I can from for Joe from here. Um, but I have full confidence Joe and the guys can get it done. But as far as anybody knows, you you just didn't want to leave your family, is why. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I, yeah I, you know, I love changing diapers and um, cleaning up the house every day after a two and six girl. It's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure you were able to clarify that. And Joe, you know, we, we talked a lot of, a little bit earlier, but the the CBA and I mean, you've got it rolling up there and. I mean, yeah. two weeks out of town is, is going to be tough for you to juggle, not only with that, but with the family as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, with our, we just started back with some practices, social distancing, and getting the kids back in the gym with training-wise. So this was a big moment for our, for our CBA um, with 50 AAU teams um, all ready to get eager to play and is to have a system in place where they can, we can slowly start to get back. And leaving for two weeks when it starts, you know, it's going to be a little bit hectic. but. That's why you got directors and other coaches to, you know, be there for you when you're not there. Well, I mean, best of luck to you, to all you guys. Who, who just rolled in? Is that Mo? That's Mo Charlo and Mo Acker just got here. <laughs> these guys won't be able to see him, but look at these guys. Bryce <laughs> <laughs> Acker doesn't have his guy, Jarrell McNeil, this year. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Well, good luck, guys. Appreciate it. Obviously, Marquette fans are looking for some basketball to watch, and, and uh, we're going to be cheering from all around the world. Uh, and hope you guys get the title this year and then give me a slight cut uh, for promoting the team. <laughs> I got 50 bucks for you, Scott. Yeah, I'll, I'll put 20 on it. I'll take it. Thanks, guys. All right, man. See you later. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of the Ring Out Ahoya podcast, which is available on GoMarquette.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and Go Marquette!